0: You're listening to Connect Communities Podcast, recorded live in Stamford, Connecticut. If you'd like to know more about our community, stop by our website at www.connectcommunity.tv. Enjoy the message. So last week we started with a message titled, Made for the Promise. And we talked about uh, Abraham. We looked at a passage in Galatians where Paul is comparing our salvation comparing our life to Abraham. And many times we we come to this situation to this moment in life where everything is lined up, everything is going okay, we have achieved what we wanted to achieve, but it all seems like it's worthless because we have prepared for this one thing and that one thing is not happening. And that's what happened to Abraham. He he worked his whole life. He was obedient to God. He lived, left his family. He went to Canaan. He prospered. He built a life that could sustain the promise of God. And it didn't happen. And so God came and visited with him, and you know, we, we talked about how many times when God gives us a promise, the flesh will try to make for itself an opportunity. And when God spoke to Abraham, and told him that he was gonna have a son with her, his wife. And he talked to his wife and she said, Great, here's my servant, have a son with her. And he did. And that was a mess. And later on, he did have the son of the promise though. Today I wanna to continue that conversation <clears throat> with a message titled, You Were Made for Freedom. We are made. For freedom. And in Galatians, which is the book that we referred to last week, Paul begins almost with a resume. He begins that book talking about his life. He gives his story, his conversion story, how he came from being a Pharisee to being a believer in Jesus Christ, what the journey he took to grow in his relationship with God. And it's al- like you almost don't see it coming because we are here sitting in our 2017 mentality, looking at our lives very much westernized, and we don't realize what he's speaking to this community. But he, he is confronting, the, confronting this young church, and it's almost like chapter 3 and 4, things begin to take a turn. And you begin to sense Paul's frustration because this community, this young church community in Galatia, They have accepted this new way of living, and they started, begin to follow Christ. But then somehow along the way, they begin to go back to their old ways. They begin to take some of those old behaviors back to practice some of the old things that they used to practice before. And you can sense Paul's frustration. He begins to tell them, listen, listen. Before now, you didn't know God. And you served things that you thought were God, but they were not God at all. You were enslaved to those that by nature were not gods, he said. But now you have come to know God. Not only that, you have been known by God. And then he says this in Galatians 4, 9. How can you turn back again to the weak and worthless elementary principles of the world whose slaves you want to become once more. You observe days and months and seasons and years. I'm afraid I may have, may have labored over you in vain. He's frustrated. He's beside himself. He's basically saying, how can you go back after all we've been through? How can you do this to me now? He's frustrated with them. He writes extensively. That's when he brings in Abraham as a huge example uh, of this life of faith. And he draws a parallel between Abraham and our salvation. And then he makes this big, huge, bold, exquisite statement that if you're a Christian, you probably love to quote this. Because it just, it flows so nicely, even in English. For freedom Christ has set us free. Ah. Ah. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. But if you pause and you look at how he structures that sentence and that warning, you would think, and we tend to think, that freedom comes to us naturally, that freedom is a natural state of mind. It would be interesting if... Paul was warning us against being free. But that's exactly what he's doing. He's saying, careful because you can just go back. In other words, freedom is not natural. And this is is the first clue that we have here, the first point that we have about our human condition. The truth is that Freedom is not so a natural state for us. We like to be carefree. We like to think that we can do whatever we want. But it starts with us thinking that we have control. And then a bad habit begins to flourish. And then a toxic relationship brings us into this place and thoughts and other things that we get involved in. The truth is that we get stuck We have a tendency to get stuck in patterns, to get stuck in practices. We have a tendency to get stuck in certain thoughts and behaviors. And typically, it starts with us thinking that we have it all under control. Isn't that right? It starts with us thinking, no, I have this under control. And then it becomes an addiction. No, no, I have this under control. And then it becomes something that we can't control, but we're dependent on that's what happened to the people of Israel in a much broader scale if we go back to the story God made that covenant with Abraham and Isaac was born and then Isaac had twins and Jacob and Esau and the youngest was Jacob but he was savvy and he took the right And the blessing to be the firstborn and he took the blessing and received the blessing and so he became the heir of the promise. And then Jacob had 12 sons. Jacob, who later became Israel, had 12 sons and one of his sons, his name was Joseph. And if you know the story, it's a fantastic, fascinating story. It's found in Genesis 37, uh, from chapter 37. Through chapter 50, I encourage you to read it. But Joseph goes through a hard, hard, hard journey. But he has a conviction that he is going to be the person, the the one to carry the promise. He has a dream, and he sees his family bowing before him. And he believes that dream, that he's made for something special, that he's made for the promise. And if you follow the story, it was through hardships, through difficult things. But Joseph... Becomes the second man in command in Egypt, all the way over in Egypt, because he is able to interpret a dream that the king of Egypt has. Now, here's where we pick up the story because Joseph saves the nation of Egypt with his wisdom, with his ability to interpret dreams. He saves them. Not only the nation of Egypt, he saves. All the nations around Egypt. He is so smart with the the idea that God gave him that he built a system that when the famine came, not only Egypt was saved from famine, but Egypt prospered under Joseph's administration. He built storehouses for all the food and all the grains, and then when the famine hit, people started buying the storehouses, uh, the food, and then they ran out of money. And they came up to Joseph and said, we have no money. Please give us food so we may not die. And he said, well, do you have cattle? We can call that savvy, right? It's a bit bit harsh there, Joseph. But he said, then give us your cattle and we'll give you food. When they ran out of cattle, they came back and they said, give us food so we may not die. He said, well, do you have land? And that's how Egypt prospered under Joseph's. Administration And they became powerful. They had land. They had cattle. And he handed all over uh, to, they handed to Pharaoh, which was Egypt's king. Now, Joseph, that's during the famine is when his family moves to Egypt. They reconcile. Even the brothers that betrayed him, they reconcile. And they set camp, 70 of them. 70 uh, descendants of, of uh, Jacob, who later became Israel settle in Egypt and Joseph dies and his sons die and his grandchildren die and a generation is born in Egypt who did not remember Joseph. 350 years go by and those 70 become more than a million people and now a new pharaoh rises to power And he has a dilemma. Here is a nation that is strong, but they're not Egyptians. They are Israelites. They are are a different type of people. What shall we do? And Pharaoh is afraid. So he has a plan. I'm going to turn them into slaves. I'm going to make him work for Egypt. And they're going to do all the labor. And so he does just that. But here's what's interesting that's worth mentioning. It goes without saying that slavery is a horrible, horrible, horrible thing. But Pharaoh, he picks this this type of infliction. He picks this type of bondage. Not because Israel is weak. Not because they can't do anything else. He notices their strength. He notices that they are strong. And therefore, he enslaves them. Now, this is, this is one thing that we can also relate to, isn't it? Because many times, it is not our weakness that get, gets us into bondage. It's not the thing that we're not good at. Many times, it's the thing that we're good at. It's our strength that gets us into trouble. And Israel did not realize, the people of Israel did not realize how strong and how numerous they were. And in that generation, that slave generation, time after time, their spirit became to be broken. And Moses is born. Now Moses, the fact that he was born and survived is a miracle. Because the king decided to kill every single male born that was, uh, male baby that was born. But Moses, by a miracle, Survives, he is brought into the palace and he's adopted by Pharaoh's daughter. And he is raised in the palace by uh, his mother. There's a lot of great details in that story, but what happens here, which is where my message culminates, is there comes a point where God begins to call the nation of Israel, to freedom, they are crying, they are groaning, they're in a place in their lives where they don't know how they got there. Have you ever been in a situation where you have to stop and think, how did we get here? How, how did I get here? And you, you can't quite remember how you arrived at that Place. It's almost like it's been so hard and it's taken so much of your energy that you can't remember that it wasn't always like that. You can't remember that actually at one point you believed there was something good about your life, that it was a God thing about your life, that there was a call about your life. But now the hardship has taken a toll in your spirit, in your mind, in your belief system. And that's where the people of Israel were. Abraham was dead Isaac was dead, and so was the dream, and so was the promise. And God raises up Moses, someone who had a passion to see the Israelites freed. His passion was so strong that he had to flee because he struck an Egyptian trying to provide justice for a Hebrew who was being abused. And he flees to the desert. And he stays there for a couple decades. And then God calls Moses. And when Moses comes back, what he finds is a broken, broken nation. God gave this amazing plan to get them back to the promise, to get them the freedom. And he said, go, Moses, tell them my plan. And Moses comes in and tells him, listen, God has a plan to get you out of here. And he's calling you out into the desert. Let's go. And this is what he finds. Exodus 6, 9. Moses spoke thus to the people of Israel. But they did not listen to Moses because of their broken spirit and harsh slavery. The people of Israel have forgotten who they were. And maybe you're here today. And you might be in a situation, some of you here, you might be in a situation where you're kind of like the people of Israel. A few years ago, you had hopes. A few years ago, you had dreams. A while ago, you believed that God has something for you. You might not even be a Christian, but you believed that your life was about something. And that there was something that your life was going to turn out and, and it was meant to be. And now you're here this morning, a bit in disbelief in a situation, in a reality that is not ideal, and you feel like you're in bondage, like you can't escape. Maybe it's a bad relationship that you feel like you can't get out of, or there's no way to restore. Maybe it's some financial mistakes you made, and you feel like There's no way that you will accomplish your dream. Maybe it's some career decisions that you made, and now you feel like you're stuck at a job, a dead-end job that you can't come out of, and you're here, almost feeling like you're stuck in bondage. And you can hear God calling you. You can hear God asking you to come out into the desert, come into this place where you can't see anything, but just come. And your spirit is broken, and you don't feel like you can't summon the strength to follow that call. I wanna encourage you today yeah. to summon up in your heart that spirit of Moses that rises against injustice that rises against whatever it is that is oppressing you, because you have to know, you have to know that that is not God's plan for your life. He doesn't want you to live oppressed. He doesn't want you to live in bondage. He doesn't want you to live way down. He wants you to live in freedom because you were made for freedom. You were made to be free, free from addiction, free from any thought that might be trying to keep you down, free, free from slavery, free from bondage. You were made for freedom. Whatever it is that's trying to keep you down, it is not of God. It's not what God sent you. It is for freedom that God has set us free. And so here they are, the people of Israel, listening to a call of God. And wondering if they should take this walk of freedom. There's a couple things that I want to highlight before we end this message. About this walk of freedom. About stepping out into the desert. Because for some of you, bondage, slavery in a way, dysfunction... is strangely familiar. Because it's all you know. You can do this. You know how to do this. You don't know how to do freedom. In other words, you've never seen a functional marriage because you lived in dysfunction. And now God is calling you to a healthy and good relationship. But you have to take the step to commit to that. And... It can be scary because all you know is dysfunction. It's kind of like strangely familiar. All you know is struggle. And God is calling you to step out with an idea. Maybe it's a business idea, maybe it's a profession idea, maybe it's something that you want to do with your life, but you're scared and you're holding on to that, to that reality that you're in because it's strangely familiar. And you're, you can do that. At least you can do that. God is calling you out to freedom. But bondage is familiar and it can be scary. But I want to remind you this morning that it is your heavenly father, a good God, who is calling you out and saying, Come, come into the desert to serve me. Come into the desert and find out what it is to be dependent on me. Come into the desert and experience your freedom. Now, he's not calling you out into a wasteland, he's calling you out into the promise. But between where you are and between the promise, there is a journey. And that's the walk of freedom that he's walking in, that he's calling you into. And the second thing I want to encourage you this morning is with this the first call that God gave Moses to the people of Israel, he said this, tell Pharaoh to let my people go so that they can go into the desert and sacrifice. And that caught my attention because it says that God heard their sufferings and so he called them to sacrifice. And I was struggling with that idea in my heart because many times we can't tell the difference, right? Many times we consider sacrifice a struggle. And we consider struggle or suffering a sacrifice. Listen. Life will bring suffering. It will bring pain. I think it's Brene Brown that says that if you avoid pain, you avoid love. And pain is a part of life. Suffering is a part of life. We're all going to go through seasons of suffering. But God is not calling you out so that you can suffer, even though you may because it's a part of life. He's calling you out into a life of sacrifice. Now, that might not seem appealing. But here's what I want to bring into attention to you. While suffering takes from you, while suffering is something that's put on you that you have to endure, all suffering it's are things that that you go through life that you didn't have a choice sacrifice is the opposite sacrifice is when you summon even though you feel like you you don't have it you summon all the generosity that you have that you can you summon all the devotion that you can you summon all the worship that you can and you say god here i'm giving it to you freely He's calling you out into sacrifice because one of the meanings, one of the definitions of the word sacrifice is to make sacred. And this is what God wants to do through sacrifice. As you offer Him your sacrifice, you know what He's doing? He's restoring your spirit. He's restoring that part of you that's broken, that part of you that bondage destroyed, that part of you that This harsh, harsh reality has taken away the ability to believe, the ability to see a brighter future, the ability to receive peace for your home. Some of you, all you know is strife, and now you desire peace. And God is calling you and saying, come serve me. Offer your life to me. Offer your devotion to me. Offer your generosity to me. Offer this sacrifice. you will see me turning your life, turning what was destroyed and making it sacred again. Why don't you stand with me this morning? And we're going to offer our lives to God this morning. You were made for freedom. And if there are things in your life that... You feel like you're stuck in. I want to tell you this comfort is not going to get you out of that. It is not comfort that's going to relieve some of that tension and that pressure. It's sacrifice, it's giving God your heart, your life, your mind, your plans, offering Him your ideas minister amend your heart. Some of you, if you were to personify this thing that you might be fighting, if you were to personify what the struggle you're having with, and you called it an enemy, this enemy might be talking to you, saying, who do you think you are? Who do you think you are to be debt free? Who do you think you are to have a blessed marriage? Who do you think you are To live in harmony, don't you know where you came from? Who do you think you are? To think that you can lead a life that is successful, who do you think you are? And this is what you say today. You say the words that God has spoken over you. You say, I am free. I am free.